worried about uh, how much money we're borrowing. You know, we borrowed $3 trillion last year. We're going to borrow $5 trillion this year. People ask, is there a limit? Is there a limit to how much we can borrow? And I think there is. You want an example of good government? Look at your local government. Your local government spends what comes in. Now, you may wish they could spend it on more things, but your local judge executive, your mayor, they can only spend what comes in. Um, the federal government could learn some lessons from local government. Um, our problem is we think we have a printing press, we have the Federal Reserve, and we think we can just print up as much money as we want and just keep spending it, and that's what they're doing. But even before we got to all the madness of spending now, we were already a trillion dollars short. If you add up Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, food stamps, and military spending, the big five spending, it's a trillion dollars more than comes in. And I tell people all the time, the responsible, reasonable thing you could do is spend a little bit less, not even dramatically less. If you spent 1% less across the board for most of the last five years, that would have balanced the budget within five years by spending 1% less. I tell people, people come up and everybody's got a good cause. Everybody wants the money to be spent on something good. So for example, we often have a group coming up with, for Alzheimer's research. And they'll either have a mother or a grandmother has Alzheimer's, they're afraid they're gonna get it, and they want research. And I'll look at them and I'll say, it's a good cause, and last year we spent $100 million on research, but we're out of money, would you accept 99 million? And everybody's like, well, yeah, that's fairly reasonable. But you tell anybody in Washington they're gonna spend 99 million instead of 100 million, a 1% real cut in spending, they'll look at you like you have two heads, and it's a completely insane notion, and yet, Anybody that's ever been in business, anybody ever been in business where you had to cut back on what you spent the last year because business isn't going as well? What happens in our economy is if the economy's not doing well, they spend more money. So we really just have to get back to practical things that all of us know in our daily lives are real and that we have to have a budget. We have to do some budgeting. When I go back in September, though, the other side is going to spend $3.5 trillion. They spent $1.2 trillion before I left. They're going to spend another three and a half trillion. It's going to be a lot of free things. They're going to say, well, child care is free. And then community college is free. But has anybody ever really gotten anything for free? When you get something for free, when a telemarketer calls you on the phone at night and says, it's a free $1,000 if you sign up for this, doesn't an alarm bell go off saying there's something not right about this? Because there's really nothing given to us in life. We only get to where we get, either through doing well in school or working hard or selling some product or being good at welding or being good at carpentry or being a physician. You get somewhere because you work hard and you provide a service to people. But to tell people that they're going to get ahead by we're going to give you something for nothing, it's a lie. And ultimately, the lie rebounds on those least able to do something about it. So for example, when we spend $5 trillion this year that we don't have, and they print up the money, what happens? Prices go up. You're going to get inflation. But who gets hit hardest by inflation? Somebody who makes a lot of money or somebody who makes a little bit of money? So it's the false promise. We tell people, don't have much money, we're going to give you money. But then when we give you the money a year later, your prices rise, and you're like, how come I'm not any richer? I got a check for $1,400. But my, the price of what I buy at the grocery store and gasoline and everything else is up $1,400. Sometimes it's worse than that. Sometimes the free stuff you get is actually less than that actually happens in inflation. And inflation is insidious. It goes on and on and on. Even before this big, huge uh, rash of spending, over the last decade, they said the official estimate was 1.7% inflation a year. I'm like, well, that's not bad, 1.7%. But times 10, that's 17% for a decade.
Are there people in America that didn't get a 17% increase in the last 10 years? Some. Some made $32,000 or $28,000, and they still made that day after day, year after year. And a decade later, that means you've got 17%. So if you made 17% in 2000, I mean, let's say you made $30,000 in, in, in 2010, and you make $30,000 today, do you have the same amount of money? No, you have 17% less. But that comes because people in government or people running for office come and say, we'll give you this, we'll give you this. But they didn't really give you anything. They borrowed it from you. They borrowed it from your kids. And they stole it from the value of your currency. There's so much of this going on that I'm alarmed at where we're going. We've borrowed more in a shorter period of time than we ever have in our history. The ultimate is that there are actually people in our government now promising socialism. People say, oh, that's not true. Well, we've now elected people from the Democrat Socialist Party, the Democrat Socialists of America, AOC and the squad. They're members of the Socialist Party. It used to be people said, oh, well, I'm not really a liberal, I'm a progressive. Now they're openly admitting they are socialists. My wife and I wrote a book about this. It's called The Case Against Socialism. And people say, well, why do you have to write a book about socialism? Wasn't it debunked 100 years ago? Didn't Milton Friedman and, you know, uh, all the others, didn't they actually debunk? So they did. But if you interview young people right now, 50% of them say, oh, we ought to try socialism. The problem is we've tried socialism. They haven't read their history. Heard of Stalin? Have you ever heard of Hitler? People say, oh, Hitler wasn't a socialist. Well, his party was the National Socialist Workers Party. Mao, Mao, 45 million people died from a famine created by the government. The government came and told the farmers they had to go build earthen dams instead of work in the fields. And then they said they had to plant the crops closer. Then they said you had to dig, the, you had to dig down a, a meter and a half, three feet into the ground to plant the seeds. What kind of moron would do that? Well, governments do moronic things and people starve by the millions of people. Why is that important? The head of Black Lives Matter, you may be excited about her because she just bought her fourth million dollar home. And her last home, you know, she's not really for a wall on our southern border, but there's kind of some riffraff getting around her house. So she's building a wall around her house to keep people away from her house. But the head of Black Lives Matter wrote a book last year. And there's an interview, a woman comes up to her and it's a YouTube interview. And they said, oh, I loved your book. You know, your book was so good. It reminded me of Mao and of Mao's little red book. In Mao's China, you were forced to carry the book with you. He printed them by the billions, but you had them, had them on you or they beat you. But the book was Marxism, socialism, the government owns everything, and it led to famine. But the head of Black Lives Matter is just giggling away saying, you get it, you get it. You understand the parallels between my book and Mao's little red book. So the head of Black Lives Matter is either ignorant of history or complicit with violence. There is no in-between. You can't be a fan of Mao, but here's the problem. You know who's giving money to Black Lives Matter? Coca-Cola, Major League Baseball, all the big corporations are donating money. You wonder, you think, is this a conspiracy? Who's paying these rioters that are all over the country? They're staying in thousand-dollar hotels. They're on planes flying to, in to do rioting and to, to, to cause mayhem in our cities. Well, it's, our, it's unfortunately, it's a big corporation in America are all woke and they're all giving money to Black Lives Matter. But this isn't like the NAACP. This isn't against racism. These are racists that you're giving the money to. These are people teaching that the black kids should sit on one side and the white kids sit on the other side. And we should tell all of them that the white kids are the oppressors. 
That's what they're wanting to teach in our schools. They're people who are admittedly and openly fans of Mao Zedong, the guy who killed millions of people in China. When my wife and I were attacked by a mob in D.C., it was all over the video, you can see it. We were afraid for our lives. The head of Black Lives Matter in Louisville, you know what she said? She said, I could see that they had fear in their eyes and that's the way they need to live. That's the way I have to live, they should have to live that way too. Who would want that? I don't want Nancy, I don't agree with anything Nancy Pelosi or Biden's for, but I don't want violence on them. I don't want them to live in fear. And it isn't really about the color of your skin. The people who attacked us were predominantly black, but the police officers who saved our lives were predominantly black. It's nothing about race, it's about right and wrong. Marauding and mayhem and throwing Molotov cocktails at the police, that's not what we want in our cities. Thank you. These are the people, some of them running for office in our country who want to defund the police. I've been going around community to community to say we need to appreciate the police in our community. The police are what protect us from anarchy. They go to church with us, you see them at the grocery store. They're by and large good people. And yet they're painting with a broad brush that the police are somehow the problem. The problem of violence in our communities isn't the police shooting people, it's people shooting people with the police trying to stop the violence. So we need to appreciate what's going on and be careful, but we have people now who this isn't some sort of crazy notion, but we have people promoting socialism. We have people promoting that there should be no police protection in our communities. These are outlandish, bizarre sort of notions, and we need to be aware of this. These are people teaching us that we should judge people based on the color of their skin, and we should separate them in schools. I thought we went the other way a long, long time ago. So we need to be aware of what, our, what kind of assault our country's under. We need to be aware of both political parties wanting to spend money we don't have and offering you free stuff. And that's the debate we're sort of going to have. And I tell people it's, it's hard. It's a difficult debate because I tell people it's the big heart, small brain syndrome. They have big hearts in Washington. They want to help everybody. They want to give you something. But they're giving you somebody else's stuff or they're borrowing it from the future or they're taking it by destroying the currency because nothing in life really is free. So we do need to push back. I think we also need to be proud of our country. Yeah. You know? I come uh, from a proud military family. My nephew just finished 20 years. He's going he's gonna to finish his 20th year in the spring and he's going to become a, a commercial pilot, but he's been a pilot in the Air Force or the Navy for 20 years. Um, my state director who's with me here somewhere, maybe he's outsized Robin here. Rob, we're talking about you. We're talking about how proud we are of the military. Rob was a general in the Air Force and uh, flew the F-16. And uh, my father-in-law was an enlisted guy in the Air Force, was for there for 20 years. Um, so, you know, this is, we're in the American Legion Hall. We're, how many people served in here? Quite a few of you. Yeah, we ought to be proud of that. But part of being proud of our military is being proud of our country and being proud of what our country stands for. And um, it upsets me to no end to hear people trashing our country and saying we're a terrible country full of terrible people, all full of racism and all that. And those of you who served in the military, have served with people from all over the country, know that there's, you don't remember racism in the military, do you? The opposite of that. And... Uh, 
You know, my guess is you didn't care what color of the skin the guy was who was helping to drag you out of a foxhole if you were injured, right? So, but that's not what we stand for. It's not what our country stands for. And I'm just sick and tired of people trashing our country. But this is what we're up against. And um, I think, when I think of our country, I think of a, an economic system and a cultural system and a constitutional system of the belief that our rights come from our God and that the government's there to protect these rights that you get from your God. But I don't see a country based on hatred or a country where we're going the wrong direction. I think we have a lot of greatness in this country, but if we don't stand up and defend it, it it's slipping away from us, not just constitutionally, but even culturally. The idea that they're going to be teaching our kids in school that if your boy wants to be a girl, this is how you change your, your sex or your gender in school. I mean, I don't want that being taught in our schools. I don't want it being taught in our schools that the races are different. So we have to get involved. If we don't get involved, it may be a while till they come to McCreary County, but eventually they're getting here. This is, a, this is an infection that's spreading across the country and we have to stand up against it. But I, for one, I'm going to stand proud because I believe in this country. I'm going to continue to fight for our God-given rights as protected by our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. Thank you.